0: We come to the last meeting here on message number five. Oh, yes. Uh, Ken reminded me, everyone turn your cell phones off. Cell phones are good uh, when they're necessary, but also the enemy can use it to distract. All of a sudden, a text comes that distracts us from the central line. So it's very good to have them off. You know, there was a time in human history where mankind lived without cell phones. You may not remember that. That was not the time of the dinosaur era. That was just a few years ago. So we surely can't exist without cell phones. Actually, it's very good to have a college training. I heard the college training in California, Northern California. Right, Jim? Is that right? There's no cell phone reception. That's marvelous. What a rescue. What a salvation. That gives us more communication with the Lord directly. Amen. We come to message number five uh, a life well, how about let's see, let me read the title Experiencing the Two Aspects of the Spirit A Life Full of the Holy Spirit. This meeting will be I could crystallize it in three words. And the three words all begin with F. Number one fill. Number two, full. Number three, flow. What is a life of an H turner A life of an H turner is to be filled with the triune God. To be full of the triune God and to flow out the triune God. This is the life of a normal believer. Filled with God. Full of God. And flowing out God. <clears throat> they are interdependent upon one another. We get filled with the Lord. As we, just as we were singing the song, we're full with the Lord. We're filled with Him. We get full with Him. And then we flow out. We speak Him. The more we get filled, the more we can flow out. The more we flow out, the more we have the appetite <clears throat> to be filled again. Sometimes our appetite is lacking because our flowing out is lacking. So we need to be filled. We need to be full and we need to flow out. Amen. Room number one, being full of the spirit is the condition after one has been filled with the spirit inwardly and essentially. This is an important word. What is our condition? Well, we can see here A and B, let me go ahead and read that. As Christians, we need to be pneumatic, full of pneuma, full of the Spirit. Amen? Full of pneuma, full of the Spirit. This is a normal Christian life. One, in order to be full of the Spirit, we must, number one, live by the Spirit. Number two, walk by the Spirit, serve by the Spirit serve in our spirit, and walk according to the spirit. The verse prior to A, number one, in Roman number one is Acts thirteen fifty two. 52. Brother Dennis mentioned this verse yesterday. <clears throat> this is, I believe, <clears throat> let me read the verse here to you, and the disciples were filled with joy and <clears throat> with the Holy Spirit. What is it to be filled with the Holy Spirit? To be filled with the Holy Spirit is to be filled with joy. This is not fun. Joy is not fun. Joy is much deeper. It is not entertainment. Joy is something of the Holy Spirit. We may be in a dire condition, yet still have joy within. Joy is the expression of one that is being filled with the Holy Spirit. The joy was so noticeable. That even the divine record records that they were full of joy. Human society, no matter where you're from, east, west, north, south, are looking for those people who have the reality of joy. Not fun, but joy. Fun always ends. It is limited. It is finite. But joy is eternal. Because joy is of the Holy Spirit. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, the expression is joy. Aren't you joyful here this morning? A week of joy. Then in Galatians 5.25, we live, we walk by the Spirit. To live by the Spirit is to have a life dependent and a life regulated by the Spirit. To walk by the Spirit... As you'll notice uh, in the footnotes here and in the life study, there are two types of walk. Not only are we speaking about a walk that is just an ordinary daily walk, but also a specific walk, a walk that takes God's unique goal as the direction and purpose of our life. So we walk according to the Spirit. We walk daily according to the Spirit every day, trying our best to turn to the Lord wherever we are. Thank you, Lord. I can turn to you right now. <coughs> Number two, how about we read that together? Let's have the sisters read, too. Mm-hmm. We will speak more about this later. <coughs> Intimate fellowship with the Lord. I appreciate all the speaking this week on this matter. What we are hoping, brothers and sisters, is that this week would not be like the fireworks in Anaheim. Where there's a display, it's quite marvelous. It's a week, but it's short-lived. It's like a sparkler we sparkle for about a week and then all of a sudden we find ourselves fizzling out what prevents that is to have and maintain or I would even say develop more and more an intimate fellowship with him enjoying him so that our spirit will be what pure fresh is your spirit fresh is your spirit rich Is it strong? Is it uplifted? Is it released? Well, I think we can say yes. Surely this week it is. But how about at the beginning of the semester? How about when September comes? How about October? We would like our spirit to be fresh, rich, strong, uplifted, and released. If you agree with me, say amen. Amen. Well, we will see this morning as we go along how to have a life full of the Holy Spirit. Not just a conference, not just a training full of the Holy Spirit, but this would be our life. <clears throat> when people see you, they would see a person with a life full of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> to drink the Spirit is to be full of the Spirit inwardly for life. After we have been baptized in the Spirit outwardly, we keep drinking the Spirit and become full of the Spirit inwardly. <clears throat> I appreciate this. This is in First Corinthians twelve thirteen. For also in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and were all given to drink one spirit, to be full of the spirit, to live a life full of the Holy Spirit is to be baptized into the spirit and to drink of the spirit. Initially, we are baptized into the Spirit once for all. But continually, we drink of the Spirit simply by opening up our mouths to call on the Lord, to tell the Lord, Lord Jesus, I love you. By doing this, inwardly, we are being filled with the Spirit. What realm are we in? Baptism brings us into another realm, When you go back to your campuses, you are in another realm. You have to believe that. There is a divine realm that you have been baptized in. And this realm is the realm of the Spirit. And it is so easy to drink of the Spirit. It is so easy to be full of the Spirit because we are in the sphere and the realm of the Spirit. We simply open up our mouth. We just open up our mouth. When we open up our mouth... Again, we can get full of the spirit in 1st Corinthians 12:13, We have to realize that the context of this chapter is related to the body of Christ. It is not individual. So what is the evidence of one who is drinking of the spirit? What is the evidence of one who is being filled with the spirit? The evidence is that there is no race. There is no consciousness of nationality. There is no consciousness of background, of culture, right, of class. Because when we drink the Spirit, automatically we enter into the reality of the body of Christ. We are baptized into one body. I would say shame on Christianity that divides the body of Christ, according to race, according to culture. Shame on all the Christian clubs on the campus. You just meet according to your culture, you meet according to your race. There is no ground in the Bible for any kind of division to meet in this way. No. When I first got saved in the Lord's recovery, when I first came to the church life, one of the first things I noticed was all the different people from all the different backgrounds. I could not figure out how all the people became one like this. I thought someone was choreographing this, this whole thing, this whole event. There was this great director, and I saw different ones stand up and speak about the Lord. I wasn't saved. I came to a church meeting in Los Angeles. I just couldn't figure out how all these people Can come together and they're filled with joy. This is the first time I actually touch people full of joy. Then, when I begin to see all the different races without effort being one, initially I didn't believe it. So I asked to stay on a weekend at a brother's house. I don't know if Tom was at that house or not, but I asked to stay. I was still an unbeliever because I wanted to see how these young men lived. So I stayed there. I invited myself over. I stayed over the weekend. You know what the first thing that impressed me? The first thing impressed me was how clean the brother's house was. I couldn't believe it. Young men living together, maybe 10 or so, and it was so clean. The second thing that impressed me was that there was a dollar bill in the bathroom. Maybe Bill was there. And it was sitting there for a long time, the whole weekend. In my background, if you have any kind of money, no matter how small it is, it disappears. I say, what kind of people are these? We didn't have the term God-men, but I saw the genuine joy. And I saw the genuine oneness. When we are full of the Spirit, we have no problem being one. We solve all the differences between social class and social rank in society by drinking of the one spirit. The whole universe, the whole earth, with the distinctions and the differences and the segregations, can all be solved by drinking one spirit. When we drink one spirit, We are absolutely one. This is our declaration. This is our affirmation. We clearly, in reality, speak before God and man. As we drink the one Spirit, we are the one body of Christ. There is no classes. There is no distinction. We are just one. Rich, poor, Greek, Jew, it doesn't matter to us. All the different races. We probably in this room have different colors. All the different colors represented on this earth. It's very good. What makes us one? What makes us one is to drink the one spirit. This is the expression. This is the evidence that we are drinking one spirit. I believe that as you are placed in the dorms, etc., Right. The Lord places you with all the different ones. You're not placed with all those that you know. So it's very good. So we drink the one Spirit. We're full of the Spirit. Now, B, how about we have? Brothers, B, read B, 1, 2, and 3. Okay? Amen. regenerated and it is so easy to be filled as our brother mentioned yesterday in the morning it is a miraculous normality because we are in the sphere of the spirit because of where we have been baptized we are surrounded by the spirit we can easily be filled with the spirit roman number two shows us How to maintain this manner of being filled in the spirit. We need to be prudent. We need to be the prudent ones who took the oil in their vessels with their lamps. And this is in Matthew chapter 25. I think you must be familiar with this. This is about the ten virgins who took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Here it says... Having oil in our lamps, that means our spirit, our regenerated spirit, signifies having the spirit of God dwelling in our spirit. We all have a human spirit at the time of regeneration. The spirit as the oil fills our spirit. So our lamps are burning at the time of regeneration. Taking oil in our vessels. Vessels is different from lamps. Vessels represent the soul of man. Not only do we need oil in our spirit, we also need oil in our souls, in our vessel. Signifies having the fullness of the spirit saturating our souls. All believers have their lamps burning, but many have no desire or intention of preparing oil in their vessels. Let me pause here and say sometimes there is a common teaching among Christians today that tell us that five of these virgins were unbelievers. The word in Matthew 25 does not say five real virgins and five false virgins. The distinction is between prudent and foolish, not real and false. This means that all ten virgins are real and genuine believers. But some of the believers allow the spirit that is filling them to saturate their soul. Where others don't cooperate with the Lord. So the spirit rainy, really remains in their spirit. We need to allow the spirit to saturate our soul. This is what it means to have the oil in our vessels, not just our lamps. How do we know that these ten are all believers? There is no instance in the entire Bible where it says an unbeliever is a virgin. What unbeliever is looking for the Lord's return? What unbeliever considers the Lord as a bridegroom? I never considered the Lord as a bridegroom before being saved. So this shows us that these ten virgins are real and genuine believers. What is the difference? The difference is time. Five of these ones paid the price to gain the oil in their vessels today, in this age. The five foolish. They were foolish. Why? Because they did not use the opportunity in their human life to gain the oil, to gain the spirit. We all have a choice. Every day we wake up with a choice. I hope that after this week, none of us would miss any morning to be with the Lord. Every morning should be a time with the Lord. We get our vessels filled. But we have the majority of the day. What do we do during that day? Well, we make a choice. Lord, I want my vessel to be filled. That's simply by exercising to be open to the Lord exercising to receive the Lord. We still have to take care of school. You have to do very, very well in school. You have to be a proper student. Actually, to be a proper student, brothers and sisters, will help you to be a proper student of the Bible. Do you think studying the Bible is easy? It is not easy. You must be a proper student to become a proper student of the Bible. Just even this distinction in reading, the difference in Matthew 25... It is easy to substitute these two words, vessels and lamps, because we're not accustomed. We're not a proper student. When we are a proper student, we pay attention to this difference about the lamps. We pay attention to the difference about the vessels. So we need to study properly. Even as a student, we can use the opportunity to inwardly turn to the Lord to be filled with him. This is how... Even in class, even as a student, we use every day to gain the oil in our vessels, not just in our lamps, right? And as we flow out the Lord, the Lord will also add the oil to our vessels. At the end of the age, when the Lord returns, the Lord will make a distinction. Who are those with sufficient oil, not just in their lamps? but also in the vessels. Those with the sufficient oil in their soul, <coughs> transformed in the soul, will participate in the 1,000-year wedding feasts. Those who don't will have to buy oil during this 1,000 years, but they will not be allowed to participate in the wedding feasts. So it's a matter of time. We all have to pay the price. We all have to gain the oil. It is a matter of time. Would we do it in this age? If we don't do it in this age, we have to do it in the next, right? An age-turner inherently, in its definition, means that we are those who cooperate with the Lord to willingly have our vessels, our soul, filled with the Spirit today. We just make the decision. The Lord will carry it out with our cooperation. But we decide, amen, Lord. I want to be one of the five prudent virgins. To me, this is a judicious decision. Right? This is a reasonable decision. This is a well-thought-out decision. That I make a choice in this age, as long as I have breath on the earth, that I would be one who has oil or the spirit in my vessels. If we are prudent virgins... We will not only have the ordinary portion of oil, the spirit in our spirit, but also the extra portion of oil, the spirit in our soul, for our transformation. I love this verse, 2 Corinthians 3.18, but we all, amen. Amen. Does that include you? Did you know that your name is in the Bible? But we all, no distinction, we all, Lord, unveil my face every day. Unveiled face, beholding and reflecting like a mirror. The glory of the Lord. The first day of class, I want you to remember that you are simply a mirror. What are you reflecting? ESPN? PNPN? This, this, that, this. Whatever we behold is what we reflect. As we behold the Lord, when we are sitting there in class, spontaneously we reflect the Lord. And others, right, can see we are just a mirror. Let me ask you, what can a mirror do? Can a mirror work for God? A mirror can simply reflect. We spend a whole week beholding the Lord. Right away, brothers and sisters, don't wait till the first day of class. Right away, find someone to speak to. You know, to fulfill one of my science requirements, I had to take astronomy, or I took a science course. I took astronomy because I was interested. You know, I got saved just before my college years. So I took astronomy. And I was in the meeting, brother was sharing something, and I was just touched that the Lord, that whoever sat next to me, in this astronomy class that I would speak to. Just pray. This is my, I think, my second semester of college. And I was there and I was praying for that seat next to me. This man, young man sits there and right away, I had just received the Lord. I hadn't even read the Bible, but the Lord was fresh to me. and So I began to tell him about the stars and about creation and that I had met the Creator. He said, you what? <laughs> I said, yes, I've met the creator. His name is Jesus. <clears throat> A simple word like that.
1: <clears throat> Did he stand
0: up and get saved and say, Ooh, hallelujah, hallelujah? <clears throat> no, I don't even know what happened to him. <clears throat> but I was filled with the spirit. <clears throat> then I was reminded, do you think it's accidental or coincidental That out of the thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of young people in this country, in your state, in your city, on your campus, in your major, in that auditorium, that the Lord would not choose someone in your class sitting nearby you to hear the gospel. The Lord can do this. At the end of the outline, it says that we have to go and speak, right? Jerusalem, Samaria, unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Well, we all get excited by saying, okay, I'm going to go to the uttermost parts of the earth. Before, the qualification to go to the uttermost parts of the earth is to go to your astronomy class. That's your Jerusalem. I know a brother who's now a brother who got saved when his biology lecture was getting so boring. He'd accepted a track from us, and he did, you know, tracks are wonderful. You know, you carry them with you all the time. I have tracks in my, before I go on a plane, before I go on a trip, I just put a track in my, you never know. So we handed this one. He picked up a track. He was sitting in his biology class. He had the track in his biology book. The lecture was boring. Well, you still have to pay attention, even though it's boring. Anyway, it was born. So he picked it up, and he read the track. That night, he went home, and he prayed the prayer on the track. And then he began to look for us. He found us. Now he's in the church life. Amen. <clears throat> so my wife gave me some tracks before I got on the plane. And I didn't realize she gave me a Spanish track. I don't even know what it says. <clears throat> Al Dios no conocido. Anyone? I don't know what that means. Anyway, it was very good. She gave me two of them. I was sitting next to a man on the plane. He had children who were going to school at the University of Connecticut, right? And he's Spanish, and he's from Mexico. It was marvelous. I had that Spanish track. I didn't even know what it was talking about, but I gave it to him. We don't know. Even a little track is a-flowing out. You may be scared. I know Brother Tim, Brother Phil Bradley, those brothers will help. There's so many experiences. Even a little track can start the flow. You just pass something out. As you pass something out, something will come out of you, right? Okay, so we are just the mirrors. Amen. Then how about we go on. Number three, Roman number three. How about we have brothers read Roman number three? The result of being filled with the Spirit. This is the part of not only being filled, but also being full and also flowing out. We like to overflow with Christ. Well, not only are we the prudent believers, not only are we the prudent virgins, but we want to see what is the result, what is the evidence, what is the expression of one who's being filled with the Spirit. Again, A, we are filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. We are made full of the Spirit essentially within the all-inclusive Holy Spirit. We have forgiveness, justification, sanctification, righteousness, holy, power, strength, authority, life, and light. You know, I was in a meeting as a young believer in the church life. The first time I heard this matter, that God wants to marry man. I was, Jim, I was just, I was excited. I had never in my wildest thoughts would imagine that God wants to marry me. I remember brotherly sharing this. The next day, I was walking on the campus near the ICS building, the computer science building. I passed a young man. The Lord said, speak. I said, no. The Lord said, speak. I said, no. The Lord said, speak. And I walked away. Then, I was just a young believer, but the spirit was moving. So I turned around and said, hey. So he came up to me. I introduced myself to him. I just want to tell you. I just want to tell you. I'm going to marry God. God's going to marry me. He looked at me. He said, I'm a Catholic. I know, but I'm going to marry God. God wants to marry. Can you believe God wants to marry a man? I was just filling. I was just being, I was full of Christ. The more I spoke, I spoke the message that I heard. You know, he was just standing there, which is a good point. You know, if people are standing there and they're listening to you. Don't say, oh, I know you're busy. I know you're busy. You should go now.
1: Don't do that.
0: God created man. You can, you can close your eyes. You can close your mouth, but you can't close your ears. So as long as they're there, infuse them. So after I got done speaking to him about 15 minutes, I just was full of Christ. You know what? I didn't need any car to go home. I floated home. At that time, I didn't know we were supposed to get phone numbers. You know, there's no cell numbers at that time. We barely, you know, they were actually phones stuck to the wall. Can you believe that? You had to dial like this. Okay. Anyway, we never exchanged numbers, but I told him that I'd see him again soon. Then the period of time came. I just didn't see him. I went by there again and again and again. I went up to the computer science lab. I did this. I walked through the I just didn't see him. This was near the beginning of the term. Well, about the eighth week into the term, I saw him. I read in the school newspaper that this young man had contracted leukemia and that he was in the hospital, a student, I didn't know how to contact him. That very week, I went up to the lab, the computer lab, and there he was at one of the computers, right? He had gone through some treatments. He saw me. He came up to me. and He said, Dennis, when I was laying in the hospital bed receiving those treatments, I thought about God wanting to marry me and i turned my heart to the lord and i received the lord as as my bridegroom i was filled with the spirit i don't think i took the elevator down i think i just floated down well this young man before he passed away he received the lord just by a little bit overflow i wasn't the hero let me just share another story. I have lots of experiences as students. As a student, don't think. By the way, I don't know if Brother Tim mentioned this. You should not wait till you come to the full-time training to preach the gospel. That is, don't do that. When you come to the training, it is not so easy because you're not a student on the campus. The best place to speak the gospel is as a student. Learn, learn, practice, just practice. Thank the Lord that if you If you shoot someone and and they die on the campus, well there's more other people you just keep keep going maybe maybe somebody else maybe somebody else will be able to resurrect them You just keep practicing one time, Brother Lee shared the brothers would remember this bill Jim and the brothers here there was this Book we had, Christ versus Religion. Remember this? It was a bright red cover with white letters. Brother said, "Buy two books, one for yourself and one to give away, and take it wherever you are, wherever you go." Here I was in class. I took it with me. It was a physiology class. I was sitting there, and I had the book right on top of my books. Professor was walking down the lane aisle, and he was lecturing. And he stopped, and he saw Christ versus Religion. What does that mean, Christ versus religion? He asked me. Before I could begin to answer, he opened up the discussion. He changed the whole class discussion to Christ versus religion. Well, I heard Brother Lee say, buy the book. But I didn't hear him say, read the book. So I didn't read the book. (laughs) I didn't know what I was talking about. So I had the book. I didn't read the book. But I spoke about it. So at the end, they asked me, the professor asked me to give a kind of word because I was the one who bought the book. Well, that was my first opportunity to speak the gospel in the class to others. I just got full. I just got filled with the Spirit just to speak a little word about this. Because, you know, brothers and sisters, we're not just by receiving the Lord as the Spirit, we're qualified to speak. We don't have to be superheroes. Don't think you have to be a superhero. You just have to confess your sins. You just have to be right with the Lord. You have to be one with the Lord. And you just begin to speak. It is so easy to speak in this way. Let people reject us. We don't really care. We don't really care. Because the Lord does have some chosen ones on the campus. Filled with joy. Stephen was a man always full of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, he had not only an abundant life and wisdom to serve many tables. Can you believe he was a cafeteria worker? But he had to be full of the Spirit. The requirement of the New Testament service, no matter how mundane, is to be full of the Spirit. <clears throat> Those of you who are <clears throat> have meeting halls in your churches <clears throat> in your localities, and if there are some brothers or sisters doing some work on Saturday morning, go and help. Go and help. Learn how to be full of the Spirit. When you serve in this way with some of the older saints, with some of the middle aged saints, you will receive a lot of supply, right? Even to serve in the church in this way, in a so called mundane mundane way, we have to be full of the spirit. Well, we also Stephen also had an overcoming life and faith to stand for the Lord unto death. He was martyred. Sometimes there's conversations around us, and we're not so willing to be martyred. God is challenged. God is denied. There are some derisive, sardonic, mocking words against God, and the Lord is stirring within us to say something. We shouldn't be confrontive. We shouldn't be contentious. But we should not be afraid to contend to affirm, you may say this, but to me, God is real. You cannot argue with experience. When we were serving at UCLA, we were praying with the serving ones one summer before class began. We were praying, the Lord led us just to pray for the gospel on the campus. So we prayed for a few minutes. I told a brother myself, let's go. We'll just go up. We started walking on the campus right there by the building. Those of you who are UCLA students, you know, it's right there. We saw this young man, this other brother started talking to. And one of the first statements he made was, I'm a scientist. I'm studying science. If I don't see it, I don't believe it. And so this brother, who was a finance major, Said, well, let me tell you something about the law of thermodynamics and these kind of things. I didn't even know what he was talking about. He didn't know what he was talking about. And this person basically chewed us up. But he was still standing there. He didn't go away. So right away I had the feeling share some experience with him. So I began to share our experience of not being anxious. Of being freed from anxiety we begin to speak in this way and then this person listen after our conversation about 20 minutes I told this brother this is a son of peace let's go after him two days later he was in brother Dick's house in a student meeting no two days later he was in my house for a meeting two days after that he was in brother Dick's house he didn't get away he got saved and he got baptized that night Well, the Lord captured this one. The Lord saved him. And eventually, after a number of years, this brother came to the training. He came to the full-time training. And eventually, this brother began to serve. Right, And he's a serving one today in Southern California. I don't know if he's here in the meeting this morning. But this all began simply by following the little speaking of the Lord. We got filled and we got flooded. We just had a small feeling. Go out and speak. Just go out and speak. It doesn't mean that something dynamic will happen. Right? We are here sowing the seed of the gospel. And as we are doing this, brothers and sisters, what are we doing? We're flowing up. And you know what this happens? This issues in more of a fellowship and a love for the Lord. We love him. And as we love him, we speak. We speak for him. And we speak him. How is it? that I know all over the country sometimes a man, a young man, loves a young woman. <clears throat> he loves her so much that he hires a plane. <clears throat> and on the back of this plane there's a banner, you know. <clears throat> um, Oscar loves Matilda. <clears throat> to the whole... <clears throat> Everybody sees it. Including Matilda. Right? Oh, Oscar. <clears throat> If man, if a young man can show his love that way, how much more are we? Lord Jesus, I love you. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed to say, Lord Jesus, I love you. You may curse him, but I love him. The more you curse him, the more I love him. The more you deny him, the more he's real to me. And I love him. One of the other things that impressed me in the church life when I came... I saw all these young men, right, not just college age, but a little beyond college. They unashamedly declared, Lord Jesus, I love you, even in public. I thought that was fantastic. I thought that was so fantastic that these brothers, right, would just have being unashamed, right, just to say, Lord Jesus, I love you. They weren't making an issue. That was simply an expression. Today, the Lord Jesus is real to us, and we love him. Okay. Being filled in our spirit with Christ in see, causes us to overflow with Christ in speaking, singing, psalming, and giving thanks to God. It is only the outflow, excuse me, it is not only the outflow of being filled in spirit, but also the way to be filled in spirit. (coughs) Overflow, outflow. This is in Ephesians chapter 5 and Colossians 3. Ephesians 5, the verse says here that we can do not be drunk with wine in which is dissoluteness, but be filled in spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and psalming with your heart to the Lord. Amen. It is so good to sing and to psalm. I would encourage you. When you have your personal time with the Lord, don't be afraid to sing. Don't be afraid to psalm, right? Brother Tom told us this morning, use the word, to take the word, digest the word, assimilate the word. Another good way to pray with the word is to sing the word, right? You sing the word. You may not not have a song. You may not have a tune speaking to one another. Amen. In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, you're psalming, right? Not to not to impress somebody, but this is between you and the Lord. <clears throat> Even this morning, I was I was just enjoying something, right? I was using a Beethoven song. Where's Dennis Cooley? <clears throat> I was using a Beethoven song <clears throat> this morning to sing. I'm not going to sing it to you because that was my private, personal enjoyment with the Lord. <clears throat> Only he got that, not you. <clears throat> then it says in verse 20, giving thanks at all times for all things. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to our God and Father. This is verse 20. We overflow with Christ by singing, by psalming, by speaking, and also by giving thanks. Can you believe that there is a verse in the Bible that says giving thanks at all times? How many times? Not just the good times. All times for what? All things. This is verse 20 in Ephesians 5. In the name. We give thanks not just for the good times and the good things, but also even for the bad times and the bad things. This is part of being filled in the Spirit. The way to be filled is very practical. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord, thank you for this. Thank you for that. I don't like it. Thank you, Lord Jesus, giving thanks. By giving thanks, we are maintaining, right, our life to be full of the Holy Spirit. The footnote here in the Life Study message, it says that we bubble over with lauding melodies. Amen. Okay, then um, how about we read D. Let's have the brothers read D together. Flowing as rivers of living water out of our inner being. So, again, let me come back to the three F's. Fill, full, and flow. I want to emphasize in these remaining minutes the actual burden of the fellowship this morning. What causes us to flow? What causes us to be full? Well, the key is in this verses that we read. In John, the verse that I'll read in John 7. Now on the great day, now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts. Thirst is the key to be filled. I'd like to give you. Some practical, six practical points of how to remain thirsty for God. First, let me say something about the last day. The last day is the ending of all the enjoyment of any kind of successes in the human life. There's a first day, but there's always the last day. In every human endeavor and in every human enjoyment, there's always a last day. At that very last day. You never know, brothers and sisters, when that student you talk to on the campus, that may not be their last day, but there may be their second to their last day. And somebody else will speak to them. And they will come to receive the Lord. If anyone, again, anyone, your name is in the Bible. Anyone, right? If anyone thirsts, let him come. In Revelation 21, 6... I will give to him who thirsts from the spring of the water of life freely. Revelation 22:17. And the spirit and the bride say, come, let him who hears say, come, and let him who is thirsty come, let him who wills take the water of life freely. These two verses have the common idea and thought that one must be thirsty to be full of the spirit. To be filled with the spirit. If we are not thirsty. We won't drink. We drink when we are thirsty. This is not only physical. But this is very much spiritual. Coming back. To the first initial point. In Roman number one. If our spirit. Is not pure. Fresh. Rich. We may. Our thirst. For God. May wane. W-A-N-E. And our thirst for other things increase. Then we would not have the appetite. We would not have the thirst for God. How do we maintain our thirst for God? Number one, our inner parts must be strong, must be free, must be pure, must be rich. Part of this first point is our consecration to the Lord? Is it weak? Is it stale? Is it distant? We should consecrate ourselves to the Lord every day. Have we entered into the gate of consecration but not continued on the way of consecration? This is still the first point. I'm just asking you questions. The way to have a thirst, maintain a thirst for God is to have a soft heart for the Lord. You know, if our heart is not soft because of offenses, because of disobedience, it becomes insensitive. All the ones who played the guitar here, you know your fingertips become insensitive. It's callous. If you take a pin, you can stick it in the tip of your finger without much feeling. If you stick it in your other finger, you will have a lot of feeling. What is the difference? The difference is it's been callous. So there's not much sense. Sometimes our heart, originally given to us through regeneration by God, a new and soft heart, gets insensitive. And even if the Lord comes to us to try to touch us, we have a callous base. So we need to pray, Lord, make my heart soft. Restore my heart. Give me a soft heart. This is the way to maintain thirst for God. Number two, the way to maintain our thirst for God is we have to come to a crisis of consecration. Brother Tom used this word, struggle. This was the word that I also received from the Lord. It is normal, brothers and sisters, to struggle with the Lord. But it is not normal to win. We always win. We have to pray, Lord, never let me win. To struggle is one thing. But Lord, never let me win. Defeat me, Lord. Conquer me, Lord. If we allow the Lord to win, this maintains our thirst for God. Jim, Brother Jim Miller... Was it in 1972 that Brother Lee had a conference in Berkeley? Didn't we have an auditorium? We met in an auditorium on the campus. Remember? I remember. I was a young student at that time. Brother Jim is from the Berkeley area. Brother Lee had a conference similar to this. I was sitting up in the balcony. I remember where I was. And Brother Lee prayed this told us to pray this. At that point in time, as a young brother, I prayed, Lord, never let me win. I may struggle with you, but don't allow me to win. Defeat me, Lord. Conquer me, Lord. Well, in the years since then, there's been different struggles. With me, there's been five personal difficult struggles. But I would say, the Lord is the merciful one. The Lord is the faithful one. Actually, brothers and sisters, our struggle now with so many of the brothers here, the older brothers, we are here because we are struggling not for ourselves. We are struggling for you. We are struggling for you. That you would pass through the crisis of consecration. That you would absolutely give yourself to the Lord. There is no partial consecration. There is an initial consecration where we give ourselves to the Lord. But there is no budget consecration. We consecrate ourselves entirely. We consecrate ourselves absolutely. Right? We consecrate our entire being to the Lord himself. What does this, What is this cost? What is the price? What is the cost? The cost is everything. The cost is everything. Right, But we give ourselves willingly because we see the value, we see the loveliness, we see the preciousness of the Lord. Okay, number three, stand on your consecration. Don't doubt it. We believe that all of you have consecrated yourselves to the Lord at one time already. Stand on that. Don't let the enemy come in. To the back door and say, oh, you've got to do this again. You've got to do this again. It's not real. It's not true. Tell him he's a liar. Right. Stand on your consecration. We believe even this week you've consecrated yourself to the Lord. Stand on that. Right. Don't allow the enemy to come in. This will maintain your thirst. Number four. Be those, the Lord describes, a consecrated one, a thirsty one in Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 2. I remember you. Concerning your kindness of your youth, the love of your bridal days, you followed after me in the wilderness. The Lord remembers our time of intimacy with him. Learn how to be intimate with the Lord. Lord, I just love you. Lord, I want to open to you. The Lord, in Jeremiah chapter 2, asks the nation of Israel in a general way, Why don't you love me? Why don't you believe me? What iniquity, what harm have I done to you that you would forsake me as the fountain of living waters? Come back to me. I am your source. Don't go out and go to another source. Another source, in verse 13, is to dig out, hew out cisterns. C-I-S-T-E-R-N-S. In Jeremiah 2.13, the Lord says, My people have committed two evils. Number one... The Lord condense the evil of his people in just two things. Number one, they have left the source. He is the fountain of living waters. That means all that we need in our entire human life until we see the Lord is there, is met by the Lord as the fountain. Number two, we leave him as the source because we don't trust him. We think we can do better. And we go to another source, and that is hewing out cisterns. A cistern is a rock usually a large rock that is somewhat at a base where the rainwater comes down. And they would hew out big holes with these tools, hew out a cistern to catch the rainwater so they would have water during the dry season. What happens sometimes is this massive rock that they would hew up a cistern, they would spend a long time, years, to hew it up. Eventually, they weren't careful. Near the end, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more digging, a little bit more human, and then I've got it, then I've got it, then my life is set. All of a sudden, they go too far, and then they go through the rock. Then all of a sudden, there's a hole at the bottom of the rock. So they spent their part of their whole life digging out the cistern in the rock, and eventually there's a hole. They made a hole in the bottom. Well, this is the description of one who takes something or someone other than God as the source. We spend our whole life, right, doing this. And at the end, there's a hole. And eventually, it holds no water. We don't want to live this kind of life. We want to have a thirst for God by coming back to him, oh Lord, as my fountain of living water. We don't want to forsake him. Amen. Number five, um, we also... (coughs) Let me just give you a word. The way to maintain our thirst for the Lord, and I'm almost done here, is to have confession, but without condemnation. Confession without condemnation. In Psalm, I want you to write these two verses down. Psalm 32, 5, I acknowledge my sin to you. We have to acknowledge this is the way to keep our hearts soft. This is the way to keep our thirst for God. We simply acknowledge. It doesn't say I acknowledge and feel bad. It doesn't say I acknowledge and feel happy. It just says acknowledge. Acknowledge my sin. Lord, I sin. Forgive me, Lord. I did not cover my iniquity. I said I will confess my transgressions to Jehovah. <clears throat> then you forgave the iniquity of my sin. <clears throat> Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen. <clears throat> he who covers his transgression will not prosper but whoever confesses and forsakes confesses and forsakes not just to confess but you must forsake confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy these two verses okay are very good then this is how to what this is how to be filled to be full, and to flow out as living waters, right? This is the way to have our thirst for God. Did I give you five points or six points? Okay, I don't think I have the time for the six point. You have to wait to the next college training. That means you have to come back. Okay, the brothers will give it to you. Okay, number E, the fruit of the life born by the Holy Spirit from within us, such as the different virtues listed in Galatians five twenty two through twenty three is also a manifestation of our being manifestation of our being filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? Help me read. How about brothers read F, sisters read G, all the way to the end. Sisters. Amen. Brothers. (laughs) Amen. Sisters. Then I'll read. Time after time, day after day, morning after morning, evening after evening, all day long. We have to experience being filled with this wonderful, all-inclusive, processed, consummated spirit for our entire lives. Every day in the morning, the first thing we have to pray is, together, Lord, fill me afresh. Fill me, Lord, fill me with yourself as the consummated spirit. I like to have you filling me up within and without. I want to be wrapped up and mingled with you, saturate, infuse, transfuse, soak.
1: Thank
0: thank the Lord the way to be filled with the Holy Spirit, the way to have a life full of the Holy Spirit is not difficult. It is simply to open to the Lord, to be filled with him, to be full of him. And to flow out him. Just like we see in John chapter 7. Well, I think at the end here, maybe we can conclude with a short song together. Is that okay, Steve? And then Brother Ken will lead us. Is that okay, Ken? Do we have the time to do that? Yeah. How about in the back of your book here? Song number three, I'd like to let you know, well, I think, let me go ahead and give you the sixth point, otherwise you will be disappointed. The sixth point is very easy. This will prepare you to sing the song. To be one who is thirsty for God. is not just to be those who want to turn the age, but those who want to end the age. We don't want to just be the age-turners. We want to be the age-enders. How? By taking all the previous five points, by practicing them. To have an intimate, affectionate relationship with the Lord. To also be those who never win, allow the Lord to defeat us, to stand on our consecration, and to remember the Lord in affection. By experiencing these, brothers and sisters, we become the age enders. We want to end the age. To me, this is the greatest purpose in human life. What other greater purpose do we have? All right. To do this, to do that, no. We want to be the age turners and the age enders. Okay, for that we like to love the Lord and have a love for His coming. So how about we sing Song Three, and then we can. After that, we can have uh, Brother Ken will help us. Okay, Song Three.